All right, everybody, welcome back to the podcast. You got your boy Zage here. I'm swatting cat hair away at the moment. I apologize, but kitty shedding is very hot. Um, I'm joined by a lovely, talented, handsome guest, someone who I think is going to be willing to have some really cool conversations with, uh, really incredible fashion, artistic skills, and one-on-one human connection skills. This is my friend Ace Angel. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is it Correa? Yes, it is. You actually got it right. Thank you. Angel Correa <laughs> is joining us today, my boy Ace. And uh, we have met through our USC classes, but also you came over once before. We worked on that song with CJ. Um, That's true. Um, <sighs> it was called Angel, actually. It was called Angel? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I don't remember, but I just remember being like, oh, this is a really cool like duo to be working with. I was really happy to have you guys here. Yeah. You guys are like calm people. Um, but give everybody a couple words about like where you're from, who you are, what's your vibe like. Um, all right, so... I, I go by Ace, you know, um, and I'm from the Antelope Valley, which is like an hour and a half north of here, still in the Los Angeles County. It's just like on the very edge. It's the desert. Okay. So it's very different from this L.A. because, you know, you got the water over here and the environment. The people are just different. Over in the Antelope Valley, I feel like the best way to describe it is just dry. <laughs> you know, so I'm glad to be over here. <laughs> that has so many layers of definition to yeah. it. But yeah, yeah, all right. Um, so, yeah, you know, I, I like to think I'm a pretty chill person. I don't get too uppity or overexcited about things, but I am excited <laughs> to be here. You know, Has it ever proven to be a negative aspect in your life, do you think? No, I think chill is always better, you know, because mm. there's just no need to get yourself worked up. You don't want to work up your blood pressure, stuff like that. You know, just keep it calm. I feel the same way. <laughs> I, I have a tendency to let my anxiety get the better of me. Is there like a way that you are able to remain so calm that you can think of, or is it just like a natural level of chill in your brain? I, I think at this point it's become a natural level. You know, it's just That's something you, you acquire over the years, just trying to enjoy life. Life is too short to stress. <laughs> That's beautiful. I feel the same way. Have you always been this chill? People have always said this to you in your life. I would say probably the last few years, and I, I think actually the big turning point was when I realized that um, we need a call for action for the cheetahs in Kenya, you know? The cheetahs in Kenya? Yeah, as, right here, as you can see on my shirt, there's a little cheetah, okay. and it says ACK for uh, the action for the cheetahs in Kenya, you know? They're really going through it, and it's just not really talked about on the Wait, news. So. what, bro? <laughs> what? I'm so confused. What's happening to the cheetahs? I am so lost on this concept. You know, right there's now. just poachers. There's people just impeding on their land. It's just, it's ruining everything. So, that's so fucked. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's exactly how I felt. <laughs> so that's why it's my duty, my civic duty to let everybody know that you, you know, you just got to watch out. Be mindful of Is that. it just the cheetahs in Kenya? Well, it extends everywhere, but I think Kenya is the good jumping off point for all of that, you know? <laughs> uh, yeah, I definitely agree. I, I, I hate it to hear, like, uh, when species are about to become extinct. Do you yeah. ever think about that shit? Like, your entire species is now done. Gone off the face of the earth. Yeah, like, yeah. doesn't exist. People in the future won't know about you. Like, that's it. It's a scary thought. And, yeah. I mean, I don't know why I just thought of that, but that's scary as hell. <laughs> it just made me think about fossils and shit. I don't know why you brought up the cheetahs thing, but it sent me on a spiral. That's so funny. Um, like saber-toothed tigers? Saber-toothed tigers. They would be pretty cool if they were still around. Mm -hmm. But, you know, as much as I like cats, I think it's probably best that we don't have those. I would agree. They look a little menacing. They are monsters, yeah. like legitimately. Do you, do you have cats of your own? 
I, I don't have a cat of my own, actually, but someday I might. But for now, <laughs> from the sidelines, I'm cheering them all on, you know? <laughs> yeah, definitely. I like the way you said that because, like, I might, you know? I, I think that's hilarious. No, no anticipation of getting one, but it might happen. That's what yeah. happened here. Like, I wasn't planning on getting a cat, and then Kitty was just here, and we were like, all right, we'll keep you, I guess. Hey, that, you, that's a very beautiful story. I like that. Thank you. Why the affliction for cats, do you think? Well, you know, I just think cats have really nice designs on their furs, nice patterns, you know, and actually uh, when when I make my music, you know, I go under the name Animals Over People because I just think animals in general, they, they are better than people, you know. Mm-hmm. They're just, they're nice to look at. Even the ones that are a little intense, you know, like an alligator or something, they still have some, some merit, you know. Why do you think the love for animals? Do you think it's because they don't talk back? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's the mystery of you don't know what they're saying. So it could be love or hate, but you know, you just got to interpret it. It's open for interpretation. I actually love this idea. I just was stoned the other night talking to my friends, right? And I said this thing and they were just like, "You're high. Like you don't even know what you're talking about." But I said like, "I think there's this aspect to having a pet that humans really like because or no, the aspect is you get to create its narrative." Like, just like you're saying, there's a mystery to the narrative. Like, the pet can't express its own narrative, so you get to create this whole story. Like, and it's, it yeah. can be comical, it can be sad, and, like, <laughs> you have complete control. And it's almost like, like a God complex thing. I know, that's, I know that's an extreme that's like, sentiment, but... That's higher level thinking, and right? I like it, you know? Thank you. Yeah, don't be afraid to, to go after those thoughts. Thank you. Do you think <laughs> if you were a cat, you would be a happy cat? I, I think it depends on the day, you know, just like if I was a human, which I am a human. <laughs> <laughs> At least I like to think. Whoa, yeah. pause, bro. Are you an alien? You got to tell me if you're an alien. You know, it's a law. Well, you know, to be completely honest, I'm not sure. I could be because, you know, but I don't know. I passed those capture tests, so I know I'm not a robot. Yeah, yeah that's but, funny. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, they have the new evolved ones where you have to like click the shape and then it brings you a new picture and then you have oh, to man. click it again. Uh-huh. Have you seen those ones? No, but that sounds like, I don't know, like cookie clicker or something. You mm-hmm. remember that game? No. No, I never played that, like the one where you just keep tapping on the cookie and it gets bigger and bigger. No, but wait, you just reminded me. Uh, did you ever play that game where it was like the big ass cube and everybody picked away at the cube and then Ooh. somebody unlocked the cube at the very end? No, I haven't. Oh, uh. Dude, we live in different <laughs> niche areas of the internet. But yeah, I just remembered that. Holy shit. That was like a phenomenon that happened. Damn. I forgot about that. That was like pre-Pokemon Go. You need uh, Pokemon Go? I did. I got on it late, but I was still there for the party. Mm-hmm. You know, It was so fun. <laughs> I mean, if you missed it, you just really were lacking. So I, I, I think better or late is better than never, right? That's true. You know, It's never too late to hop on Pokemon Go. No, never. And even now. Yeah. Even <laughs> right, right now. Right this moment. <laughs> right this second. <laughs> um, well, tell me a little bit more about uh, growing up in the desert, because I'm super unfamiliar. Uh, Delaware, yeah. where I'm from, is very like wooded, uh, very close-knit communities, um, mild diversity, uh-huh. enough. You know, not, not necessarily enough, but enough. Um, <laughs> so tell me about your experience growing up in terms of being in the desert and feeling happy and comfortable. Oh, um, well, yeah, so originally... Um, I was born in Glendale, California, so around L.A., um, and then I lived in the San Fernando Valley until I was about six, and then my family moved down uh, to the Antelope Valley in a city called Palmdale. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. There's a song by a rapper called Afro Man called Palmdale. You got to hear that song I know Afro Man, but I don't know Palmdale. Okay. (laughs) But yeah, it's like just uh, 
very very dry there's there's trees and stuff you know okay. there used to be a lot more dirt but they started building more things as time went on you know we got a super target <laughs> pretty nice mall going on so it's not the worst anymore um but you know overall like i always wanted to get to la like the main city of la because I, I just like the beach area and like the big city and even though the desert i feel is nice because there's a lot of like empty and quiet spaces where you can go and kind of like clear your mind or be by yourself, which you don't get here. I just, I don't know. I like the whole big city experience and like having such a diverse group of people. Like I feel like in the desert, the people aren't as diverse, you know? So it's like, it's a love hate relationship Mm -hmm. with the place, but yeah. It's interesting that you say, so what do you think you guys were doing? I find uh, the same to be the case in Delaware where there's like Mm -hmm. not a whole lot to do. You know, so what do you guys like? What did you find yourself doing? Is that why you fell in love with guitar? (laughs) Like, what was the main thing to keep you busy while you're out there? Uh, Well, really, growing up a lot, the thing that kept me busy a lot is actually I played a lot of video games more so than you know playing a lot of sports. Like, I played some sports like soccer, baseball, stuff like that. But overall, I just kind of like staying in and playing the games more. And um, actually, it kind of related to how I got into music because uh, I think for like my ninth. Christmas or something. My parents got me a Guitar Hero three. Did you ever play that game? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that game's a classic. That so, game is a classic. Yeah, you know all the, that soundtrack is just really great. You know, and exposed me to a lot of good music. So I feel like my love for video games in the beginning kind of like morphed into the love for playing actual guitar years later. That's crazy. I actually think that that's like not super uncommon. I've actually uh-huh. had this conversation with somebody. I think my roommate Wyatt once before like. Those series of games truly impacted a generation of kids into like wanting to play instruments again. That's true. Like that yeah. is legitimately a fact. Like that really happened. Uh-huh. I think that's awesome that that happened to you. Did you ever play like rock band and I play did. the other instruments? Yeah, I have. I actually to this day I have like all the rock bands besides number four and like all the guitar heroes except for live because <laughs> guitar hero live is not fun. <laughs> <laughs> is that how you feel about rock band four too? Like well, I just wonder why you said like I don't have that one. <laughs> well, just because yeah, it like I don't know. By that time it was like, do I really want to spend? Sixty dollars on this, <laughs> yeah, but maybe in over. the future to like complete the collection. No, that's hilarious. But you know, uh, what other video games were you playing? Like, what was your main thing that you were doing? Like, mine was like Call of oh, Duty and uh, then FIFA. Those are good. Yeah, I, I didn't get too much into FIFA, but you know, of course, the Call of Duty, you know, Black Ops, Modern Warfare, classics. Um, but also, I really liked RPG games. You know, like Dragon Quest. Have you ever played that? I haven't, but I um, also love RPG games. Yeah, they're great. Or like Fallout. Skyrim stuff like that. Skyrim's yeah. my favorite. I never played Fallout. Tell me why you think you love RPG games. You know, I just like them because they kind of feed into that whole thing of like when we were relating to the animals or where you create that narrative, you know. I just like that whole idea of getting away from this world and doing something else. A hundred percent. Yeah. You know? Are you into the term escapism? You know, I've never called it that, but I, I think that pretty much fits the I think know, a lot of description. people are into that. Yeah. I think um when there's so much shitty going on in the world, whether it be in your own life or in others, mm-hmm. uh, it can be really easy to slip away into escapism. The only reason I know that word is actually Jimmy Buffett. Uh-huh. Um, Margaritaville. Exactly. Yeah. He talks about how he doesn't. he's not in the business of music. He's in the business of escapism. Oh. So he sells this idea of like getting away from home, going uh-huh. on vacation. That's like his thing. That's deep. Um, yeah, it is, right? <laughs> and and I, I think that's really crazy and good branding, honestly. Um, but when you were playing video games, did you think you were, or were you also like not hanging out with friends or were you still having a lot of people around and um, getting together to play video games? Well, you know, a lot of it was over the internet because, you know, luckily we grew up in a time where like 
the internet gaming was pretty accessible and fun. So, you know, that was mostly like the way I connected with friends. And, you know, of course I would go outside and like play with people in the neighborhood. But most of the time, you know, I just like the video games because there's, there's no weather to bother you. You know, you just stay in, oh, mind yeah. your business, have a good time. <laughs> say what you want, right? Like you're hanging out with your boys, you say what you want, like they yeah. say what they need back, you know? Then it's gone forever. Um, were you talking to your parents at all while you were home? Did you hang out? Do you have a good relationship with your parents yeah, at all? Well, you know, when I was younger, my dad was always out working a lot during the day. So I didn't, uh, I, I would play video games with him though on the weekends, which was fun. Oh, that but is then, cool. Yeah. What did I do? Um, we, well, I played a lot of RPGs with him actually. Oh, for work, for work. But I do want to hear about oh, that too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, what do you do for work? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> <sorry>. <laughs> no, um, he worked a lot of like, kind of harder jobs like you know like picking up trash um like moving services a security guard stuff like that you know so he was always bouncing around with a lot of like different hours all the time mm -hmm. but um you know just a really hard working guy so you know i'm always appreciative of my dad for all that you know and did it give you an appreciation for like labor and like working at all well you know Unfortunately, I don't like working in labor, which I'm sure most people don't. But, you know, <laughs> it, it helped me realize that sometimes you just got to do what you got to do to keep going and support yourself and your family, you know. Well, I think that's a super valuable lesson. What about uh, your mom? Are you guys close to? Yeah, you know, I have a pretty good relationship with my mom. Um, for a long time, she worked in a hospital, like my whole life, basically, up until I came to USC. Um, and she would work like, you know, graveyard shifts. So I would you know, see my mom more throughout the day um, as opposed to my dad. And then at night, my dad would be there and my mom would go off to work. So, you know, I kind of had different time with them uh, depending like throughout the years, you know, and I, I've got a good relationship with them, I'd say, which has gotten better since going into college, you know, and just becoming an adult, really. I, I think. love hearing that. I find yeah. that to be usually the case. Like uh, once you have a little more space and privacy in your life and you and you have the opportunity to share what you want to share instead of them like kind of trying to get you to share everything all the time, yeah. which I think isn't abnormal or crazy for a parent to do, yeah. uh, it becomes so much better. Like there's just like space and happiness. But I think that's great to hear. That's crazy about uh, them having to work so much. I, I think that's both valuable and also frustrating because obviously every kid wants to hang out with his parents. Are you an only child too? No, I actually have a younger brother who's okay. nine years younger than me. So... You know, because of the age gap, we didn't, you know, hang out and do too many of the same things. But, you know, he loves me. I love him. I always just want the best for him. So, mm. you know. That is yeah. a really interesting experience. I mean, it's almost putting you in this, like, did you ever feel like, because I've heard this from, like, my own family, not mm -hmm. me personally, but did you ever feel like you were caught up trying to parent your sibling? You know, a little bit, yeah, it does. It can feel like that. And at times, I guess it could get overwhelming. But then, you know, you just got to step back and realize, you know, you're just doing the best that you are. And while living your life, you're also indirectly like helping out your sibling because they look up to you, you know, and you do things, even though you might see them as very little, you know, it's something that'll stay with them forever. And hopefully they can look back at that as a good memory, you know. Yeah, hopefully, right? Yeah. That's always the danger, I feel like, right? I, I don't know why I said excluding myself. I actually, my mom's biggest gripe with me is like trying to co like co-parent my sister. She hates mm -hmm. that. And I don't ever mean to do it, but but like I agree with what you're saying. Like uh, I started smoking weed when I was in high school mm -hmm. and it never occurred to me that when I got a little bit older, my sister would then start smoking weed in high school, you know? Oh, and yeah, I was like, yeah. fuck, like I don't want to be at all responsible for this happening. Mm -hmm. um, and then in the end, things end up being okay. She only smoked for a little while and then she mm -hmm. like stopped, right? But uh, just like you're saying, like it could have been 
a totally different situation where she become like a stoner, fell out of um, school. Like, like that does happen, you know. That's true. It it's kind of like a pressure being an older sibling. Sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. 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 Not a lot, but sometimes. <laughs> it's being, there's a lot of pressure being a human sometimes. So oh, it, definitely. It just happens. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but tell me how you came up with the band name, uh, Animals Over Humans, and, and why. Um, so, yeah, um, Animals Over People. Animals Over People. Yeah, sorry, you're sorry. good. Yeah. Um, I just, like I said, you know, I really kind of have this indirect kind of love for animals all the time even though growing up you know the only pets i had were fish but i always did want other kinds you know and i've had this dream to one day get exotic animals you know like i don't know a zebra or something sure yeah i always like zebras because it sounds like an x at the beginning that's true you know that that's i like that thing we relate yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um that's interesting i have never my only exotic animal I remember liking growing up was like narwhals. Uh. So that they were cool having <laughs> horns and shit. Yeah. Um, but what inspired you to, well, we should even rewind. Tell me about like when you first started playing guitar, uh-huh. what encouraged you to continue playing guitar? Because I know guitar can be kind of difficult and can scare people off, uh-huh. you know, in the beginning. Um, and, and who like your major inspirations were, you know, like guitarist wise. Yeah. Um, so I'd say, you know, obviously I started to get this, I guess, subliminal kind of love for guitar through playing guitar here on rock band and because of that i would listen to a lot of rock music and stuff but i actually didn't pick up an actual guitar um until like the end of my junior year of high school so in between then like i said i was just listening to a lot of rock bands like weezer um smashing pumpkins nirvana uh jimi hendrix stuff like that and uh eventually I started getting into making music because for a long time in middle school, I was in the more hip hop, um, like Tribe Called Quest, Kanye West, Jay-Z, stuff like that. So I decided, oh, maybe I should get a career in music. Maybe I should start producing beats. So I got FL Studio, if you're familiar with that, um, started producing hip hop beats. That went on for, I'd say, maybe like a year, year and a half. And then I realized like, you know, this just doesn't really speak to me all that well. I felt like I couldn't communicate how I truly felt inside through just production. So then I decided, you know, maybe I should pick up guitar again since, oh, well, not again, for the first time since (laughs) I only picked up a plastic one. So (laughs) then um, I told my parents about it, and I was able to get a guitar, a Stratocaster. Um, Shout out. Yeah, shout out to Fender. Love Fender. Um, We do stand Fender. Yeah. (laughs) And then, yeah, so into my junior year of high school, I really just... Started picking it up, watching a lot of YouTube videos, watching um, live videos of players and just, you know, always amazed by them and thinking like, wow, that's so amazing that they can pick up this stringed instrument and like kind of pour their heart out, make it scream, whisper, whatever, and like touch the hearts of so many people. So that's kind of been my main motivating factors that I want to achieve that same level as a lot of my guitar heroes. Like I'd Pun intended. Yeah, <laughs> very true. Yeah, so I'd say probably like my biggest guitar playing inspirations are like Carlos Santana, um, Jimi Hendrix, Eddie Van Halen, Stevie Ray Vaughan, just players that can really express their soul when they play. What do you think about the the death of all of like a lot of those people you listed are yeah. no longer with us, and I find a lot of these rock stars that that really incredible lifestyle gets the better of them and mm-hmm. takes them out so early. What how do you feel about that? You know, I think it's tough navigating the music scene, especially like a lot of people have mental health issues and like don't always find the best way to cope with it. And then 
when you're in that position, you don't always have a lot of people who really care about you around you. So it can spiral out of control. So, you know, I, I feel like it's a very tough world to be in. And I, I just hope that, you know, it starts to become less and less because nowadays people are more aware of mental health issues, you know? Mm-hmm. So. It's absolutely true. It's definitely become more of like a conversation, which I do agree is better because it allows people to like speak up and not just sort of swallow those things until they literally kill them, which yeah. like has been happening. And, and we're seeing even today with artists like Lil Peep and, yeah. and Juice World and stuff like that. It's terrible. Do you think there's anything to be said about this level of, as you're saying, like mental health or whether it be like depression or, or high level of emotion, like a correlation between people who are suffering like that and people who put out really successful music? Yeah, I, I mean, I think mostly I feel like probably because these people have these issues that they're able to really paint this picture that a lot of people are feeling inside, but it's just they don't know how to say it like these artists do. So I think that it's very nice that there are people who have gone into the artistic world who have these emotions and are able to like share their experiences with everyone and like make them not feel so alone or strange or anything. But it's very unfortunate whenever they do die, you know, because a lot of them are heroes to people like little peep or juice world, you know, hundred percent. And they, and as you're saying, they become like the voice of these people. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. their literal voice. Like they feel like this person is expressing all of their feelings for them. And so when they disappear, they're like, there goes all of my expression. You know, yeah. like my heart is ripped into pieces. It is truly sad. Do you find yourself more attracted to those those ballads of people expressing those feelings, or do you find yourself more attracted to like the rock out songs of the people yeah. that like go hard? You know, I, I think it's like I've been on both sides of it because I used to really be into a lot of artists that I guess are considered emo, you know? Even well. artists like Juice World, Lil Peep, XXX. Because I just like uh, you know, the emotions that they're conveying through their music, you know, but I also do really like the rock out kind of songs and anthems, for instance, like Van Halen. I feel like they're an artist like that who is just, I don't know, that kind of music kind of lights that little fire in me about guitar playing and like that high energy. So I think it's nice to Definitely. have both worlds of that. No, I agree. I don't think there was a right answer. I was just curious what you would say because oh, yeah. I agree. I mean, everybody has their own emotional baggage that they want to express and listen to music and everybody wants to hear some 808s or some bass, like <laughs> slappy bass. Like they want to hear that shit, feel that shit. So I completely agree. Um, when did you start evolving from the production into the songwriting? Like at what uh-huh. age were you? And is there something that you were trying to express and that's why you felt uh-huh. it was time to put it out there? Yeah, so originally uh, I really wanted to be a producer and a rapper because I looked up to Kanye West a lot because he was somebody who came in with just production and he was able to like, you know, convince everyone, tell him like, no, like I also rap and write my own lyrics too. And then he was able to like build up this whole like, you know, empire of his really and so I always kind of looked up to that and um, as time was going on I just found like it was kind of hard for me to like express the way I felt through I guess uh, the hip-hop scene and uh, also with production because you know a lot of times it would just be me trying to find like a good loop or something Mm -hmm. but I felt like I had more to say and I thought that guitar would probably be the best way to do that because I just feel like there's a lot more control um, and it just makes more sense to my head so Probably I'd say, you know, going in from my sophomore year to my junior year of high school is when that switch flipped for me. And then and then at what point did you start doing like lyrics? Uh, I'd say like probably 
since the beginning of high school, I was always like writing little things, just trying to get out how I felt and my ideas. Um, but then as time went on, I'd say probably once I got to USC actually is when I started like trying to write more song oriented things as opposed to just little ideas. And so, yeah, since then I've been just trying to work on that a lot. And like, I actually got a songwriting minor, um, to try to, you know, help me clear up the whole songwriting fog and make things a little simpler. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, what do you think you were lacking in that you think the classes will help you like fill? You know, I just feel like a lot of times I overthink the whole process of writing a song and like, I guess how complex it has to be. Um, and so really what the classes teach me a lot is to just let what happens flow out and just, you know, trust your ear really for the melody, things like that. So I also yeah. think there's something to be said about like just having more practice, you know, like yeah. being told that you have to go write this many songs or go practice this form of songwriting. Mm-hmm. It'll force you to go do it and then you'll practice it and you'll be like, oh, I'm a little more comfortable now, you know, and I yeah. think that'll show like, I think just as any craft and art practice makes perfect and I think it's cool to hear that you evolved from like production to guitar to lyrics. Like I think that taking those steps allow you time to like settle into one thing, get mm-hmm. a feel for it, and then evolve into the next. You mentioned recently that you had been like drumming. Oh yeah. What yeah. made that happen? Um, well, because it also ties into that whole um, kind of aspiration to be an artist like Kanye West, who's somebody who does all his own production I mean, and lyrics and stuff. Yeah. You know, I love Kanye West. I, I don't agree with everything he's doing now, For but sure. still great music. Um, but so it just kind of made me feel like I could best communicate my ideas if I could just play everything and then, you know, get it out there. So I took a drumming course over here at USC semester. And then over this quarantine, I went and got a drum kit. Um, I got a keyboard and then I had been learning bass since like around the same time I picked up guitar. So really, you know, I've just been working with all of those and trying to get like a good level of mastery around them so I can just communicate my ideas out there. And also, in addition to being able to express yourself clearly, you'll be able to like provide a service, you know, like you are just adding a collection to your resume of things that you can go into a studio and provide for an artist. I think that's dope. And actually, obviously, we already touched on you coming to do a studio session over here. Do you do a lot of studio sessions with other artists, or is it Uh kind of low-key right now? Do you prefer to work by yourself? Uh Um, Well, you know, I do work on some tracks with a few people. Uh, Like I said, you know, I've worked on a a few things with CJ. Uh, So shout-out, CJ. Love CJ, man. man. Amazing. Uh, River Sticks, right? Yeah, River Sticks. Yeah, go check her out on Spotify, Apple Music. She's the best. Sticks with Um, a Y. (laughs) Oh, yeah, with a Y. Sorry. Um, and, oh, wait, where was I? Uh, I was asking you about working with others. (laughs) Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then of course I, I just try to collaborate with people whenever I can, you know, just like help out with ideas or like play guitar bass on some tracks. And then, um, back home, uh, in the Antelope Valley, I'm in a band where I play guitar for them. Um, so yeah, that's probably, uh, they're called the Matadors actually. Nice. Yeah. You can check them out on SoundCloud. The Matadors, um, yeah. So they're pretty cool. Uh, that's probably taken up the largest amount of my time. Is of course, you know, being in a band is a little demanding, like writing and practicing every, like each week, stuff like that. So yeah, sounds like that process is a little busy. And you, how how uh, how long ago did you start uh, Animals Over People? Um, I'd say I officially started it probably last summer. 
is when I summer. got the idea for it. Yeah. So you're getting like about a year of practicing of like working on solo things. Yeah. Which have you found yourself being more preference to? Do you like sitting in and kind of focusing on what is important to you? Mm-hmm. Or are you enjoying that element of like bringing everybody together and coming up with something a little more new, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say that they both definitely have their perks. And when with the band that I play guitar for, the Matadors, um, it's a different experience because really I just focus on the guitar playing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like there, uh, it, it's fun to get practice and of course play with my friends and stuff. But I also like to get out my own personal ideas and thoughts because I just feel like the styles are a little different and I like to express my emotions through both ways, you know? And there are similarities in the music because they're both like guitar driven, but I just feel like Animals Over People gives me more like flexibility and artistic control over things. 100%. And, And like you said, artistic control, like the expression, I feel like it all does boil down to like, when you're just playing the guitar for the band, you're controlling that one element. Like you get to control yeah. the feeling the guitar is going to bring, but not the whole song, you know? Yeah. And with the, your stuff, it's like you're controlling the drums, the lyrics, the everything. I, I totally feel it's like, I love that feeling of uh, when an idea comes to fruition, like mm-hmm. a plan. When you have a plan and you sit down and you're like, I'm going to make this song. And then a week later, you're hearing the song. Like you're just like, yeah. that sense of accomplishment is so incredible. Um, <laughs> Obviously, songwriting is like a form of meditation and, and keeping you down, or at least I imagine that how that's how it is for me. So I imagine uh-huh. that's how it is for you as well. Yeah. Um, do you have any other forms of like keeping yourself centered or, or meditated in any way? Do you journal anything like that? You know, I actually just I try to write down as much as I can about like how I'm feeling, even though if it's not necessarily like in a song format, it's good to just get things out on paper and like really think through all your emotions. You know, and I'd say probably the other biggest form of therapy is just music, playing instruments in general. You know, it's just big stress reliever. I mean, kind of like is links into escapism. You know, it kind of takes you away from all the things you're dealing with in the world, and you're just focused on you and that instrument. And you know, of course, it's always nice to go on walks and runs, though not so much in LA. You'll just get a bunch of smog. Yeah, <laughs> it depends on where you go, but that's so true. I, I, we talked about this before we started the podcast. I think like getting outside every day is crucial, and we live in like one of the most beautiful places to get outside. Yeah. Like if you're not, even though it is smoggy, and even though everybody has Corona and everybody's under <laughs> mask and all that stuff, it's still a beautiful place, and it's still really nice to just like get outside, have the sun hit you in the eyes and stuff like that. Very like, true. That natural, organic. <laughs> smog air <laughs> damn it's great for the skin <laughs> but it is great yeah um you listen to a lot of these like you know Led Zeppelin Weezer these guys that we touched on how they suffered from you know emotional and mental problems that they were like dealing with that they yeah. couldn't really talk about but they also started to deal with drug problems and you know alcoholism also due to this suffering that they were having um is this something that has ever been prevalent in your life or anybody's around you life mm-hmm. that is a musician? Um, how do you feel about the unfortunate situation of people turning to those methods to cope? Like mm-hmm. uh, as someone who comes from like a family that has a lot of addiction in it, I feel strongly about the situation. And I think there should be, I actually have been going on this whole thing. It's a whole tangent I'm going on oh, right now, yeah. but I've been going on this thing right now where I feel like the education system needs to be reworked. I know that's not mm-hmm. a new thought or like a unique thought in any way, but I think we should, it's super important. And I think we should spend way more time making humans like better humans uh-huh. instead of just like teaching them 
knowledge, you know, which is really beneficial. I think there is a lot to learn from our current education system. Mm-hmm. But these people, they, they're suffering. They feel terrible. Yeah. They don't know why they feel terrible. Like we should teach them about emotions and then we should teach them about drugs so that they don't turn to them for the wrong reasons or use them improperly. Um, any thoughts on any of that? <laughs> you know, I, 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 I do think that it is important to like teach children young like on like at least just how to be respectful members of society, you know, because right now I feel like there's a lot of problems with that, you know, a lot of like hate and like not accepting people for who they are and their beliefs and stuff. But, you know, I don't know if that'll ever happen in school. I feel like people will get mad and they'll be like, you know, oh, you can't raise my kid. That's my job. But hopefully we'll see improvement. And I think we have the people nowadays, I think in our generation are a lot more like, I guess, forward and, and understanding and like wanting change and to be decent human beings. So... I think that's definitely a plus, but as far as you know, the the drug use in the music industry, ah, the music industry and whatnot, it's very sad when you see like a lot of these really big stars go and like they've been battling with these demons. Um, so I, I just personally feel like that may never fully go away. But is now that as a society, especially with social media, we're more aware of all that. I think people are making more strides to just be better in general as time goes on. Yeah, I like to hope the same. I like to hope the same, but I know I'm just being super cynical at this point. But <laughs> but like obviously, uh, I think your point is true because with uh, like social media and everything, we're also becoming more aware of like the dangers, like fentanyl. It's like a huge oh, problem yeah. in pretty much every drug circle in in the world at this point. It's like you have to be careful of fentanyl, um, and obviously just be careful about drugs at all in general. Um, yeah. Personally, I have done. A fair job of avoiding all of like the drugs you would call like dangerous or whatever. Uh Obviously, some things have to get tried or whatever. You're a kid, (laughs) but um, as I mentioned, like I come from a family of addiction. Uh, I'm not sure if you are familiar with anybody that has goes through addiction or anything like that has been through addiction. Um, Have you ever tried any of those things, or have you ever gone in any like psychedelic experiences? I could go on about my psychedelic (laughs) experiences forever. I I love those things, but I'd love to have any conversation about like opening your mind in any way like that. You know, I I will say that um, I have dipped my toes in the world, you know, and I, I think it's interesting to get a new perspective on life and just, uh, you know, the way you view yourself, people, the world around you. And I think it can be nice because I think it'll make you more chill and just really want to focus on your inner self, you know. But when people let that world, I guess, overtake you is when it's a problem, you know? So it's it's always important to have close friends in your circle who are, like, going to check you when, you know, you're, I guess, going too far into that. And it's always nice to keep yourself grounded in reality, you know? 100%. That's yeah. what I thought you were going to say, like, that balance. I think there's, like, even on the side of, like, the harder things, right? I mm-hmm. think there's a level of understanding where it's like, okay, you are benefiting your life this way but then once you hit a line where it's like oh shit there's a problem yeah it can be a sneaky line it can destroy your whole life so you just gotta be careful about it but there is a line you know Uh um has your are you willing to answer like have you had some psychedelic experiences (laughs) uh i i will say yes yeah right yeah Yeah. we talk about ass on this podcast all the time so if if you're down to talk about it we can talk about it but i'm wondering has impacted your music at all I would say so, yeah, because um, it's made me more inclined to 
listen to a lot of artists from like the late 60s kind of era and I really like uh, those style of artists and their production like you know of course the Beatles, the Beach Boys, uh, Santana, Jefferson Airplane and I, I just really like the landscapes that they like paint in their music and I feel like it perfectly captures those feelings and emotions that you would have on a trip you know True. and I think we can look at those times and kind of like see parallels to now you know there was it was very tumultuous and then as people started to dabble in that and you know just be more open and loving with each other it affected society in a good way so totally right you know i i I say good vibes all around with those (laughs) i agree and that's actually part of the reason i bring it up now is i feel like we are as you're like like suggesting we're going through a struggling time as a human society right now like people are not being open-minded to one another people are going out of their way to be close-minded to one another people are like i I, (laughs) another quick tangent i had a lady today i was playing disc golf in the park Uh and she was taking pictures of her little sister or whatever and she's like can he get out of the fucking shot and i heard her and i was like yo i'm just i'm gonna be one second i'm sorry like i'm just gonna throw this frisbee Uh and her sister was like oh he heard you she's like i don't care that he heard me i'm still me blah 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 and i was just like i was just like yo be a little more understanding like that I'm literally going to be one second. I'm also enjoying this beautiful day in the park. Uh-huh. Like you don't know what's been going on to me today that I had yeah, to come sure. out here and go to the park, you know? So like I, I do just back to the point, like I think people could be more understanding. And I actually, I had a recent trip experience um, where it occurred to me that like, there's probably a huge percentage of people in this country who have never tried mushrooms or LSD That's and they true. have no idea the way that it makes you feel, like the empathy that you start to gain, mm-hmm. uh, all these aspects of life that would benefit them so much. Um, so I'm starting this campaign. We should just dose everybody. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> just Very kidding, just true, kidding. Yeah. As um, soon as you get into college. <laughs> yeah, but I, I just, uh, I was wondering what your perspective on that stuff was. It sounds like you agree. Like, uh, I just, how are you feeling about What's going on in the world right now? You know, I think right now is a very, very crazy time that no one could have predicted. You know, I had no idea that last semester would get uh, the world all messed up with a virus. But, you know, funny enough, I was playing like Plague Inc. a lot right before that all happened. You know that game on the phone? Yeah, I don't know. I hope I didn't cause that. um, (laughs) I love that sense of ego where it's like, (laughs) did I do that? Yeah, yeah, I love that. I have that same all the time. Everybody does. Yeah. Um, I, this is just very crazy time. It's it's good to be able to get away and like, you know, just take time for yourself and and really want to improve your inner self. That's what I think is good about this whole quarantine is that it's left us all with like a lot of time to just kind of be alone and really think about what's going on around us. You know, especially with all the the protests and the rioting. You know, and there's just like heated tensions on like all over sides of America. So yeah, I I think we just all have to really look within and you know be selfless be selfless right like i would even say look without like fucking go talk to somebody right like and i'm not like uh, against your idea i completely agree people have a lot of self-reflection to fucking do because even myself who i like to think i'm a very like um what do you call it objective person Mm -hmm. right and very accepting of everybody even i had to wake up a little bit where i was like oh shit like I never thought about this perspective or I never thought about it that way. And, and, and I think people are very not open to that concept of, of being wrong. Uh-huh. We live in a world where everybody thinks they have to be right all the time right now. Um, <laughs> and it's literally destroying us. Um, but as you're mentioning, like there's a lot of protesting and things going on and it's, it's very crazy. Mm-hmm. Are you seeing positive change that you're excited about? Are you feeling like 
things are going to end up being stuck how they were. How are you feeling about that kind of situation? You know, I, I really don't know how things would play out now, but I just know like we're not going to go back to the world before all of this, you know? So we can only hope that something happens in this timeline that people will just start to finally be more accepting, you know, and just not hate 24 seven, you know? start to get a little bit more love out there. <laughs> yeah. And also just like, as, as we've said a bunch of times and as you've highlighted, like just be open-minded. Yeah. You know, I think um, close-mindedness is a really toxic trait and mm -hmm. some people can get stuck in that. Like That's it's like true. a loop where like if you're close-minded once, you just keep being close-minded because nobody corrects you. Mm -hmm. So if you ever see anybody, I, I preach to everyone, if you ever see anybody being close-minded, encourage them to open their mind up a little bit. Yeah. Um, are you seeing any parallels? We haven't really like brought this up and, I, and I'm not exactly sure like the best way to phrase this, mm -hmm. but um, what was your experience like coming out mm -hmm. and are you seeing any parallels between the movement going on right now and the LGBTQT movement that mm -hmm. happened? Like that was within the past like five, 10 years. We've seen true, a yeah. huge rise of rights for that community. They just became this community of people that are citizens of our country just earn the right to like get married within the past like year. Yeah, that's um, crazy. So are you seeing any parallels in these two worlds and, and how has it been like for your experience being a part of these two worlds? Well, you know, I I would say um it's it's been interesting. It was an interesting journey. Um I'd say I first came out to people in like the end of my senior year of high school and you know it, it didn't go exactly the way I thought it would, but you know, things worked out. I'm still friends with people, you know. At the end of the day, people don't really care as much as you think they would, mm. you know. And especially here in L.A., people are very accepting. Um, I agree. So, yeah, and I I am the B in the LGBTQ, <laughs> so. <laughs> Thank you. Because, yes. I, you know, I, I don't know, I never want to assume anything. So yeah, I always find it best course. to just find the best way to ask. <laughs> well, yeah, so there's that. And I do see parallels, you know, because... People in both communities are upset and, you know, nobody wants to be oppressed or feel like people aren't understanding or taking the time to understand them. So I, I think that now it's nice that we live in an era where there's a lot of people speaking out against, you know, wrongdoings and really just fighting for their equality and acceptance. So, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty glad to be here in 2020. You know, it's a wild ride, but... You know, we're having a lot of benefits that the world didn't see even 10, 20 years ago, you know? No, I completely agree. Yeah. I even, I found it so interesting. I, I saw uh, on a podcast I was listening to, they were highlighting this woman who was like a gay rights activist in the 50s. Mm -hmm. I was like, could you imagine? That's like the ultimate trend setting. Yeah. That's like having acknowledgement that we're living in an uncivilized world and trying to solve that problem well before anybody even came up with the idea like well or not came up with the idea but like would have supported her you know you what I'm gotta saying? have like some she, balls for that exactly bro. she had no support in that situation um i think it's really interesting how the social media and the internet have brought everybody together and and like the forces that are able to rise up through that um i think it's so powerful but it's still so slow you know what i'm saying yeah that's true i find that to be so intriguing like we as a society can like turn the tides in a second mm -hmm. but it doesn't doesn't change the one percenters it doesn't change the laws it doesn't change anything you know yeah. there's um, always going to be people like resistant to change but all we can hope is you know we all do our part and hopefully in some years a majority of the population will be uh 
Like us. Oh, know? I thought you were going to say dead. Oh, well, that too. <laughs> That's something I've been saying is like, once more old people die, Things will be so different, you know. Like uh, true, yeah. I I think that's it's just obvious. Like a lot of the negativity and these mindsets are being bestowed upon to the younger people by their by parents, the older people, by yeah. the older people, and stuff like that. You know. So um, hopefully that dies out. Do you think that social media and the internet have had a positive change on like just the culture? Mm-hmm. I feel like there's negatives and positives, so I'm there interested are, to see you yeah, know, what, you, what you feel about it. I mean, I think there's definitely positives as to where, you know, you can connect with people all over the country, all over the world in, like, seconds. Um, and, you know, also without the internet, I feel like I personally wouldn't have been exposed to so much music that I'm into, because we were in a time where, you know, you can just hop on YouTube and find any song, most any song, go on the internet, download any music, and then you're set, which they didn't have back in the pre-internet days. And also I feel like, especially with guitar, if I was growing up in the time before the internet, I don't know if I would have like progressed as fast as I had because now we have things like YouTube and uh, you're able to like look up videos of people playing things or explaining things. So I think that that's definitely a plus. But then there's always a negative of now, you know, people are very absorbed in their phones and like social media in general, which can be very toxic to the way people think and like view themselves. So it's, it's a double-edged sword. You know, it's a love-hate relationship with the internet. As is everything. Yeah. Have you ever caught yourself like uh, doing a bad habit that you gained from the internet? Does that make any sense? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I, for a little bit, I was, I was like, man, like, you know, I got to get my followers up. Everybody else has so many followers. Like, you know, I don't want to look lame or whatever. But, mm-hmm. you know, as time goes on, you just got to realize that eh, they're just numbers. So can't be too mad about them. I agree. I suffer <laughs> from the same thing. Like I, I check my, I check the viewership on the podcast every day. Mm-hmm. I check like my Instagram account every day. Um, it's, and I find it disgusting. <laughs> you know, like I do. I, I think it's such a waste of time. I, I wish I didn't care, but that's that exactly what I wanted my question to be. And you answered mm-hmm. it perfectly because it's like, I know it's an addiction. I know it's a problem, but I'm just like, fuck it. I'm yeah. already this deep. You know, it's terrible. You can't pull out now. Yeah, you can't at all. Um, is there anything moving forward that we can look forward to as fans of the band that you'll be putting out soon? Uh, everything is just on SoundCloud right now? Yeah, right now just on SoundCloud, but um, I'm hoping that by summertime um, or next winter break when I'm able to go back home and I have like all my equipment around me that I'll be able to you know put out some more higher quality versions of the tracks I have on SoundCloud and try to get them up on Spotify and Apple Music and all that. Um, and of course, you know, like I'm always in the process of writing either lyrics or instrumentals and um, really just trying to combine them to like convey my emotions the best that I can and hope that people will relate to it, you know? What kind of emotions? You know, there, there's a lot. There's sad ones, happy ones. There's heartbreak, um, love for animals a little bit in there. <laughs> You know, um, the cheetahs, man. The cheetahs, the cheetahs in Kenya. You can't forget them. <laughs> that shit really threw me off at the start. It's funny. Yeah, and also just, um, just a lot of like self-reflective thoughts that you know come to mind. Um, you know, uh, like deeper meaning of why are we here? What are we doing? And the you know the impact of cats on today's society and society to come. Fucking cats, <laughs> dude. Uh, no, I. I'm sorry, I got a little lost in the answer to the question. I forget what my initial <laughs> question was, but um, oh, I asked you about like moving forward yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah. that. Um, has quarantine 
withheld your creation at all or or benefited you at all? You know, I'd say it definitely benefited it because there was so much free time and like, you know, you aren't going to be going out and hanging out with friends. So I spent a lot more time on my guitar, um, practicing a lot. And then it also opened up to me picking up keyboard and um, my own drum set, playing that. So I was pretty grateful for that, like, quarantine time to work on myself and, um, you know, just write more. And then hopefully by next summer, I will have, you know, more experience and proficiency and be able to put out some more higher quality tracks, you know, because, of course, guitar is like my main thing. So I've put the most time into that. So I just got to get more time under my belt with the rest of the instruments, get them all up to par. I, like we said at the start, man, I think practice will make perfect. And, it, and I think it shows like your level of commitment, just the fact that you're willing to try all these different things and then like pursue them further than just trying. Like I'm the type of person where I, I try a lot of things and if they don't like smack me perfect the right mm -hmm. way right away, then I, I drop them. So I think <laughs> I find it very admirable that you're willing to like keep adding these things to your, uh, what do you call it? Like your plethora? Repertoire. Your, your repertoire. Thank yeah. you. Plethora. This fucking the armor. guy. <laughs> um, well, I want to have you play something for us before you go. So everybody stay tuned for that coming up right now. Angel, Ace, yeah. thanks for joining us. I appreciate you playing that. I appreciate you sharing your new song with us. I appreciate you sharing all of the stories and details of your life with us. Um, thanks for coming on. Thanks for being you and being dope. Is there anything you want to promote other than animals over people? Right, of course. Is there anything you want to promote other than uh, the matadors? You know, I, I will say... Um, just shout shout out to all my dope musician friends, but most importantly, shout out to you. Oh. You know, you are the best. Oh. Uh, this is a great podcast, and you know, I I really like the I get Adam twenty two vibes. You know, thank you, but better. <laughs> Thanks, so, Adam forty four. <laughs> <laughs> that is extremely flattering. <laughs> thank you, bro. I, I really appreciate you saying that. Um, I I'm like I said to you before, and I meant it then. I mean it now. I just like to hear myself talk, and I'm happy to have someone as nice as you to come listen and to talk to. So I, I do appreciate that. Thank of you. Of course, great conversation. Thank you, bro. Thank you, <laughs> um, everybody. Uh, remind me the name of the single. Oh, uh, so that one is called Bones. Bones. So yeah, you can check it out on SoundCloud uh, by Animals Over People. Um, so yeah, just stay wavy, stay groovy. Action for the cheetahs in Kenya. Always, yes. Always Till mention the day them we die. and never forget the fucking cheetahs in Kenya. Um, and also, Bones is going to play at the end of the episode here. So if you want to hear it, and I encourage you to stay tuned to listen to it. Um, everybody, if you made it this far, thank you. I appreciate you. I love you. Uh, we'll have more stuff coming next week. Got a lot of guests lined up. I'm very excited about. Um, and for the Zage fans, the real Zage fans, we got a song coming out on the 14th. Oh. It's called Ferragamo. It's it's some regular trap shit, but it's exciting. I don't I don't put out music that much. Um, all right, 
Thank you guys. Talk to you next week. Bye. I have no Yeah.